Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Today's guest is Jasmine Novellas, who is the co-founder and CEO of Uncharted Coffee. It's a Black woman-owned ethical coffee roaster with rare and limited edition coffee bean drops produced by multi-generational coffee farmers across the globe. Jasmine, welcome. Thank you. Excited to be here. So, you know, I'm always interested in learning the story of founders, and especially who launch in certain categories like coffee. As you know, it's a very kind of crowded market. There's a long history history of coffee. And there's a lot of both really great things about it. And there's also challenges within the industry. So I'd love to learn what inspired you to launch a coffee business. Great question. So my background is not in coffee. It's actually in marketing. But during COVID, my sister and I recognized that we were stuck indoors together. And we really began to connect and deepen our relationship as sisters over this like weekly routine of going to get a coffee. And as we started to reflect, we recognized that like coffee was familiar. It was something that we remembered doing with our parents before they ran off to work every morning. And so in some ways during this moment of darkness during COVID, we were able to grow our relationship as sisters and also reconnect or remind ourselves of like the importance of family. And so in that moment, coffee was a reminder of connection and how we've become so disconnected. And so we wanted to introduce a coffee brand that really helped bring people people together to really remind us that no matter how different we are, we all have great memories that we've shared with someone we care about over a coffee. I love that you were able to start this with your sister and have that as a point to kind of bring this together. I'm always curious, like without having any experience in the CPG industry, you know, what was that like in terms of your first steps getting started from how did you come up with the idea that, you know, you want to sell this product? Are you selling on e-commerce? Were you trying to launch in retail? What was your kind of vision of what you'd be able to accomplish and turning this into an actual business. So I didn't have a lot figured out. So full disclosure, but one thing that was really important to us was the customer experience. At that time, I was living in Brooklyn. So I was like, you can run into any coffee shop and just grab something and go. It felt like very transactional. So for us, we really wanted to have a deep customer experience. We wanted to bring our farmers into the households of our customers. And so initially when we launched this idea, it was just like direct to consumer. How can we have a really cool e-commerce based business that really brings something different into consumers' homes. And as we began to like dig deeper into what our mission and vision became, we recognized that like we couldn't only be e-commerce. And so we began to consider other sales channels like retail, like wholesale to really drive conversation and transform what we really would like to see happen in this space, which is to recognize and pay homage to coffee farmers that like produce and harvest this amazing bean that we've just come to enjoy and take for granted. One of the things I loved as a shining star amidst all the chaos of the pandemic is that it created an environment where a lot of people were like yourself and your sister were able to start a business and find that support online as a lot of people were looking for discovering like new products and new people and new stories to really uncover. How has that both helped and maybe created challenges for your business? I think you're right. During COVID, I think we 
we all just became more intentional and hyper-focused. And so I think for us, we recognized that we wanted to bring forward a coffee brand that was different. And so as we began to lean into the industry to learn more, we recognized that like coffee was really rooted in exploitation. There were some socioeconomic disadvantaged groups, but then environmentally, it didn't have a great impact on the planet. And so we wanted to be a coffee brand that did none of that. So I think that's one. And then I think, so I would say that's the good that came out of what we learned during this period. And I would say the bad is it's to your earlier point, it's a very crowded market. So, you know, we're lucky to learn from a lot of other brands and players in the space, but during COVID, we were all stuck at home. And so I think people quickly began to try different coffee brands and quickly adopted subscriptions and began to consume coffee at home, which I think has created an opportunity for us to insert ourselves as a better coffee option, but has also created even more competition. So those are the things we kind of wrestle with every day, which is how do we remind people that, you know, great coffee is still available. You can do it in an ethical, sustainable way in the midst of such competition. I love that part of your story and your mission is around working with these multi-generational coffee farmers around the globe. How did you go about finding your suppliers and your partners? Great question. So my sister and I love to travel. We've been traveling together like once a year, we do a sister trip. And one of our trips we took in Colombia a few years ago, and we got to tour a coffee farm, build a relationship with those farmers. And that was really the moment. Like we didn't know at that point, like fast forward two years later, it would actually come full circle. And so to answer your question, how we started was really just our travels, doing some interesting activities, like really rolling up our sleeves and working on coffee farms and building those connections and relationships and appreciation for like the manual extreme labor intensive process that is coffee. And from there, we recognized that we wanted to directly source from farmers where possible. So our grand vision is to be that partner, to be our own importer, where we can build kind of this like network of farmers that we can directly source from, right? And so the benefit there is to provide them with tools and education and allow them to be a key decision maker in our sourcing process. We've identified a great importer today who really helps us find the right farmers. We directly source from them in a very like small capacity. And what that means is we don't source like from big, large commercial farms. We only source from really small micro lots. And we make sure that everything that's done on that farm is done in a responsible, ethical way. And in most cases, those farms are organic or regenerative farming. So again, just to make sure that like the end product that comes to the consumer is is premium, that it's free of like toxins and chemicals and people feel good about what they're consuming in terms of the impact that it has on the farmers. So this month's drop is from Peru. I'm kind of curious on how you decided to go with the limited edition drop model and how it's working for you. So we decided to go with the limited edition drop model purely based on quality. We wanted to be able to source from small farmers. We wanted to create a sales channel for them and a distribution pathway. Some of them don't produce enough coffee to make it to the US market. And so we wanted to create a pathway for them. So we try to source like whatever is available. There are over 70 coffee producing countries and there are some interesting dynamics in terms of like weather, season, rain. And so we created kind of a schedule that helps us to plan and forecast based on when coffee is harvested 
and when it's at its optimal stage. And so from there, we really identify which countries, which farmers align with our values. And then we source from there. To answer your question, like why these limited drops, these farmers don't have a lot of inventory. So we try to purchase what they do have and then bring our customers something unique and different. In the US, I think we very often consume coffee from Brazil or Colombia, and they have amazing coffee, but there's so much more. So this idea of a limited drop is really to help you unchart your path, right? To experience and explore coffee from one of the 70 coffee producing countries across the globe. And it just so happens that this month is Peru because it's prime and ready. And you just have to stay tuned for what's next. I love that. I know this journey can be really challenging. I'm curious to know what's been one of the biggest highlights of starting the company for you. One of the biggest highlights I think has been, I've been really surprised by the amount of founders who are struggling with different challenges and the overwhelming support that people offer because they want to see us succeed. I think my own imposter syndrome felt like I was in this by myself. It was just me and my co-founder. And there's so many people here willing to help and support you. And so that's been a learning for me. I definitely agree. And that's part of the reason why I, well, it's the core reason I started the Food Bevy community is to connect founders with the inspiration, education, and partnership through other founders to really make this journey um, a little bit easier, right? Like starting any business is hard, but especially starting a food business is especially difficult. And so it can get lonely at times. It, there can be self-doubt that creeps in. And so it's important to have that network of people around you who can share not just in the, the low moments, but then also in the high moments as well to celebrate together. And then what's been some of the challenges that you've experienced? in getting the brand and the products off the ground. Oh my gosh, Jordan. Now you're bringing back my trauma and PTSD. I would <laughs> I'm <say>, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good because I mean, like I love this community and I think what's great about connecting with other founders is learning from their mistakes so that you don't make the same mistake. And when you're an early founder, you're probably bootstrapping and every mistake you make really can cost you a lot of money. So, you know, I just try to share my experience in hopes that someone else doesn't make the same mistake. And so I think for me, the biggest point of friction was packaging. So again, I don't come from a CPG background. And so my initial reaction was go to a creative agency, design something that looks beautiful. And twice I worked with two different creative agencies, one that designed a color palette that ultimately couldn't be printed. So we had to like rescope new colors. The second creative agency ultimately found a manufacturer like offshore that couldn't ultimately deliver to the US. And so it caused us like a six month delay. And fast forward, like full circle, everything happens for a reason. We found a great packaging partner that's US based. They are local. They specialize in coffee. And so they're able to share a lot of just industry knowledge and learnings, which I think is a great mentorship opportunity for me. But secondarily, they work really fast. And they own all of their own manufacturing. So we were able to get our packaging complete in like less than six weeks. And the best part is they actually were cheaper than everyone else that we looked at. So in terms of like margins, it really gave us the best margins, I think, that we have been able to build into our unit economics so far. And so what I would say to someone else just starting in CPG is find the right manufacturer first, someone who can meet your timelines, who you can build a cohesive working relationship with and then find out what their specs and requirements are 
and then go concept with an agency. Don't do the reverse because I find that those are just two very different levels of expertise, like creative design and packaging design. And very often there can be a disconnect, which can cost you a lot of time and money. Well, I definitely can relate to those challenges that you had, and I'm happy that you found a great partner. Are you able to uh, share who that partner is that you work with? Sure. They're actually called Package. So, it, but it's like an acronym. It's like PCKG. They are based out of New York and Fort Lauderdale. Oh, that's amazing. You know, when I started my energy bar company, T-Squares, we initially went with like hand labeled and printed packaging, which was good at the beginning because we were able to like get started small, but really, really like order the bags on Amazon, printed out the labels at FedEx office and my co-founder designed the labels and we had no idea what we were doing and somehow ended up on the shelves of Whole Foods in our first couple of months, which was like amazing. We were like, I don't know how this happened. But then when we got on the shelf, you know, I had no experience before that and quickly realized so many issues just with the product and the packaging on shelf. Things like our logo was too small and you couldn't see it in all of our the logo and the descriptor of the product was actually in the shadow from the shelf above. So even if you could kind of see the packaging, right? Like we didn't account for the shadow from the shelf. <laughs> like how would we know? And quickly needed to move to a new version after that and continuously made changes. And so there's so many things that are specific to selling with CBG product packaging that it's hard to do alone. And so I love your advice on one, working with other people who know and then starting with the, the manufacturers that you can get the product specs first before working with an agency. Because especially if someone that doesn't work in CPG, they'll say like, oh, let's do all these really creative things and it can't actually be done. It's a waste of time and money, which neither, or both are in short supply. Totally, 100% agree with that. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love that. Where are you looking to go next? I know we've talked a little bit around like some of the challenges, but you know, in working with this coffee space, how have you really created your own point of differentiation? And what have you learned about telling that story in a way that resonates with your customers? I think we where we're different is we just want to be brutally transparent and authentic. And so we want people to understand the coffee process from start to finish, all the way from like the farm all the way to your home. I think where we really differentiate is we are like farmer driven. So everything that we do centers around improving the livelihood, the socioeconomics for farmers. And so we, you know, call ourselves like an ethically kind coffee brand because we truly believe in like radical transparency um, at every step of the way. I think where we are looking to go next, there's two components. I think as a business, as an entity, we're looking to find better ways to include farmers in part of our selection sourcing process. And so one thing that we are looking to stand up is a separate entity, which is like a co-op that is owned by farmers that really gives them a seat at the table and has them in mind when we think about profitability and distribution of our assets and allowing them to partake in that. I think from a sales perspective, where we're looking to go next is retail. Like we would love to find ourselves into a natural grocery store, like, you know, Whole Foods or something like that. I think there's a lot of coffee brands in this space. And I think one, 
Our coffee is premium because we don't mass produce. Two, we do it in a very ethical, sustainable way. And you can always learn about the farms that we source from on our website. So there's just from a flavor profile, we are a step above what you would probably see in the grocery store. And it seems like being adjacent to natural grocery is like the best next step. But I'm very receptive and open to feedback. (laughs) Yeah. Are you selling in any retail grocery stores yet? We are not. So we are e-commerce only for now. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because there's a lot of talk about being, you know, omni-channel and a lot of founders got started doing e-commerce during the pandemic. And then some e-commerce sales for certain categories have definitely slowed as people's buying behaviors change. And so retail kind of looks like this next best opportunity. And the one thing that I share with founders and seeing this firsthand is that with retail stores, there are a lot of expenses and investment upfront, especially in the first year to two years that you're working with a new retailer, especially a larger one, where you see things like if you work as a distributor, there's large chargebacks, or maybe you only get paid 70% of the invoice that you send them, or there's promotional fees that you have to send. And so I think retail can be a really great opportunity, but I always recommend founders go in knowing that it's a often a longer term investment before you'll see profitability come from those channels as you're building them up. And then the other success that I've seen brands do really well, especially there's a brand called Bomani that does a almost like an espresso martini in a can. And what they do is saturate the stores that they're in with demos and really build up those loyal customer bases. And that's a really great way of launching in retail. So it's not just getting on the shelf, but you have to sell to every single customer because especially in a sea of other competitors, you need a way to literally jump off the shelf and into their basket. And if you're there doing demos or have a promotional strategy to do so, then that goes a long way in terms of giving that sustainable kind of repeat purchase there. I agree. I like that example because it really enhances the customer experience. Someone is there to answer questions, help them try the product. And I agree. I think, you know, we're in it for the long term. We're not looking for like, you know, an easy exit. Like we really want to build something that's sustainable and different. So I appreciate that feedback. Have you looked at selling in food service channels? No, we have not. So especially pre-pandemic, but even now still is coming back. I would recommend looking and for everyone listening, like looking at how your brand can play in the food service channels. So when we talk food service is very broad. It includes everything from quick serve restaurants and make coffee shops. You might actually just be buying and selling your coffee or talking about your brand to colleges and universities, offices, and talk about universities, back of house kind of restaurants, there's a lot of opportunities to get your products into the hand of customers outside of e-commerce and retail. And what's really great is that if you can find an avenue to play in, in the food service channel, then usually the margins are much better. There's the volume can be higher and um, they're easier partners to work with. The challenge is just it's, it's hard to get in with some of those players, but I would definitely recommend you and our listeners kind of reach in, look into how your brand can play into the food service channel because there's a lot of great opportunities there. I appreciate that. That's the value of like this community, right? Because that's something that we hadn't considered and we'll definitely go explore after this chat. <laughs> so what's next as we're coming up to the holiday period? Do you have any, no, you're a marketer kind of in background. Do you have any good holiday uh, promotions plan for the brand? We do. We actually are about to launch a new holiday gift box. So you'll receive our latest bean. You'll have to 
tune in to learn more about which one it is. And you'll be able to receive that in a light roast, a medium roast, and a dark roast. And so it's it's a really nice gift for someone who has their pour over or their Chemex or whatever to really brew it and grind it in a lot of different ways. So we're really excited about that. We'll be doing some partnerships with different content creators and other CPG brands so that we can really unveil this like nice box as a holiday offering. That's really exciting. Well, Jasmine, I'm excited for you to end the year strong. And thanks so much for joining me for this conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And it's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate your advice and your feedback. Thank you.